HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Barryville is a hamlet in rural America, part of the upper Delaware River Valley in the western Catskills, but it could be anywhere. Barryville is the climax of civilization. Yeah, the Trump flags are flying, even as gay bikers are rolling through town. This is a hot take on rural America. And whether you're new to rural living, if you've ever been bullied or beaten up in the country, or live in the city and just dream of getting away, this show is for you. Everything's better in Barryville. long-awaited premiere episode. Calm down, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Everything's Better in Berryville. I'm Johnny. And I'm Mike, and this is the biggest small town podcast in the world. We're here. Live and direct from the town of Highland in the hamlet of Berryville. We're here. Get used to it. So, uh, wow, Johnny, it's been a long time coming. Tell me, uh, how's your joint? Are you talking about the Stick It In at I, Berryville Oasis? Uh, I, what did you think I was talking about? Well, it's it's so exciting. Uh, we're pumping gas. We're serving tacos. Everything's been great. Uh, Saturday night was particularly hilarious. Uh, we, you know, we had a table of like real mixed company. Everybody's having good. Donna Summers pumping. People are slamming tacos, and uh, a pickup truck shows up uh, with our good friend Fred Reber and some other uh, folks from the Ulan Rod and Gun. Uh, hunting club up here, and they had I think about six six bucks in a in a dough or something with thistle in their mouths, and everybody ran out into the parking lot to check the uh, to check the parking you know the park deer. It was hysterical. I, I mean, it was like this is exactly what we want this place to be. It was great. It was great. We literally had everybody outside oohing and eyeing over dead deer. It was great. Cocktails and. Venison. Tacos and venison. We talked to our chef about if he wanted to do uh, venison tacos. Please, I'm ready for the venison taco. And I guess everyone was bringing the bucks over to the Lawrence Lounge for the buck contest this year. Yes, and congratulations to our good friend, Lene, uh, who is a waitress and bartender extraordinaire over at Baker's. She, I, I think, won, from what I can tell from social media, and it was her birthday. 
Incredible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> everything is better in Barryville. You know, I got knocked down a little bit by the COVID giant and that kind of stuff, That's but I'm, cool. I'm back and I'm better than ever and I'm chopping wood and I'm uh, drinking whiskey in the woods. <laughs> Because, you know, that's that's why I moved here. It's, it's a lot, honestly, it's a lot better than my local bar in I, Brooklyn. I felt so bad. Yeah, I mean, it was it was terrible. You guys got COVID, and then, you know, my partner and I got COVID, and half the town, from what I understand, was sick, uh, you know, the day after my birthday uh, bash at the Oasis. So it's it's been a it's been a real COVID season, you know? It's like... Ouch. Yeah. But I'm glad you and Christine are better, and I'm glad Tiffany Diamond's better, and I'm glad, uh, you know, I'm glad we're everybody, rolling. Everybody. It was a rough ride, uh, but a warning to everybody, it is hot out there, so be careful, because we love you all. Um, you know, I was down at the farmer's market this weekend, uh, John, singing my songs, and everybody wanted to know, everybody said, oh, we saw you guys on horses down <laughs> yeah. by the Barryville scene. In our, in our, uh, we saw, they saw us in the paper, and of course, some people were just driving by and nearly drove off the road. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, it was- not like that. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny, you know, when you, get, when you get a couple of horses and a couple of dudes in downtown Barryville, and you go riding on the state highway, and you're like, what, what are you guys looking at, you know? Well, but you know, uh, it was great. It was great, and thank you to- um, um, thank you to our wonderful horsey host. Alex. Alex was a dream. Tundra, my like mama horse, knew I was terrified. You know, I'm not, I'm not the horse guy. But you know, this show is about facing our fears. And uh, you know, I'm, really, yeah. Well, listen, season two. Hopefully, we'll make it to season two. We're gonna do a little Britney Spears boa constrictor action. I know we both don't like snakes. Like you'll see us in belly shirts and uh, slinging around snakes in downtown Berryville. I'm more scared of Britney Spears or snakes or me in a belly belly shirt. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was great. The funny thing is that we were in the paper and they kind of outed me for my sordid past. I liked that. You know, I, it was like you know, with such credits as this great book or this great thing, and then he was also the editor of Screw Magazine. That was definitely like a deep dive Wikipedia. Uh, and, and and well, you know, it's not just sex. There are drugs too. I was the editor of uh, High, High Times, Times. Yeah. As, as you know. And, um, you know, listen, you can call me a hippie, you can call me a punk, but I'm a cowboy. Yeah, and you're not, a cowboy. That's not right. An urban, not an urban cowboy. Well, you're a Berryville cowboy, and, that's, right. and that's, the, that's the way to be. Can you dig a rhinestone cowboy? Rhinestone cowboy. I'll, <laughs> I'll join you in that club, and I, I just can't hit, fit my new Stetson on, uh, you know, over my uh, headphones. But um, Rookie mistake, John. I know, uh, you, I know. You look pretty, pretty, <laughs> you, you're sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. <laughs> okay, okay, because I think, you know, you said that horse spooked you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a little white in the face. Yeah, my sister-in-law was in from South Carolina, and she was laughing <laughs> her ass off at me the whole time, and she goes, ooh, I don't know if this is going to work. And I said, well, look, you know, it's one maiden voyage, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to go visit Tundra, though. I'm going to bring her carrots and, and thank her again for her services. All right. Everything is better in Barryville, and today is our first show. We have some great guests today, John. We've got local luminary Martha Eldred Wurzel. I could not be more excited, and there's nobody better to be the inaugural guests than what we have today. And international superstar and citizen of Barryville, Amber Tamlin. Activist, feminist, uh, author, actress, all-around legend. She's a wonderful Poet, woman. Oh, punk princess, and much, much more. And we have our friends, the local punk rock band. I love saying that because it's so Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Even though they're well, like an international couple from other parts of the world, they settle here in Berryville, and they're, they're our own punk band. They're our, lo- our local punk band. The basic bitches are here to sing us a holiday song. All that and more uh, right after this. Everything's better in Berryville. All right, we're back. Can you dig it? 
Johnny, who's our first guest today? So this this guest is uh, really special for us, and I, I can't believe she agreed to be here today in the studio. We're really excited to have her. We have Martha Eldred Wurzel. And uh, I just have to tell you guys, Martha is the namesake of the hamlet of Eldred. Her family is. Um, she's been here all of her life. She She's basically built a house right next to where she grew up. Uh, her and her husband, Bill, traveled all around in the military and ended up settling back here where she raised her kids. They both were graduates of, of the Eldred Central School District. Um, they graduated in 1961 and were high school sweethearts and raised a wonderful family here and ran the, um, the general store for a long time. She worked at Pex, is where I think we met. You told me I said uh, I, I had a shirt on that said like "Love not bombs" or "Food not bombs," and you were like, "Nice neat, nice T-shirt." We got to know each other, yeah. and that's how we met. Something like that. So it was great. But uh, Martha Eldred Wurzel is with us today, ladies and gentlemen. I can't say enough about this legend of the town of Highland. All right, OG town of Highland Eldred. So uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, Martha, there's so, this town changes so much so fast since I got here. Everyone's talking about it changing. There's so many new businesses coming in and new people coming in. But you've been here a while. So what was the golden age of Barryville, the, the town of Highland? Or is it right now? Oh, no. 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 <laughs> no. God, I love you. <laughs> you know, when I grew up here, we had a lot of different things. Uh, we had a bowling alley. That you could, uh, you know, you had to set your own. Well, my husband set pins, um, but we had horse. You, you know, you could go horseback riding. Uh, you could go roller skating. We had a beautiful roller skating rink in, in Eulen. We had um, a theater in Barryville called the Riviera, where we could get first run movies. There was always things for us kids to do growing up in Eulen. We had Times Square, and uh, that was a, a really fun place to be. And there were plenty of jobs. In the summer, all of us worked at boarding houses or uh, any of the outdoor activities. How many boarding houses were there in downtown Berryville and around? In well, the in Berryville itself was the spring house. Uh, in Eulen, they had Maple Grove Farm. Um, there was some places over on the lake um, that the Donnellys ran. So, I mean, in Highland Lake, we had the casino, which was really fun. Um, Aren't there a couple slot machines at the bottom of Highland Lake? I've I heard? believe I believe there's more than just a few. <laughs> I don't know about any bodies, but there's there are slot machines. But it was it was a good place. It was a good place to grow up. None of us knew that we were poor because there was a roof overhead, food on the table, and plenty of love. And uh, it was just not not a bad place to raise kids. That's great. And I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know, it's always been a sort of transient town, you know, like there's always been an influx of city people, especially during the summers. And then a lot of those city people have gone on to, you know, make this place their home. Uh, and there was a train actually that led into Shahola. So that changed the landscape a lot. We had a lot of tourists. Do you think that the tourists are a, a benefit to, to the town or do you think they're, do you think they're an asset or do you think they're a, you know, a discrepancy or a, you know, a deficit? Sorry. Oh no, we always laughed at the weary eerie when they would bring uh, people into town. And, uh, no, we always love to have the visitors come. They they brought money into the into the town in the summer. Uh, some of them would come back in the winter to enjoy ice skating and skiing and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had no problems with visitors and tourists. Uh, it and and after Bill and I got married and we moved away, we would always come home a couple of weeks in the summer with the kids, and. Uh, but we always stayed and visited family, so I never really got to know too much about what was going on around the lakes and such. 
because it just wasn't anything that interested us. We were just more interested in being with family. And it wasn't until we moved home in 1980, uh, let's see, 83, that we really got to know all the stuff that was going on while we were in the military. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I feel like we're, we're starting to have like a, a big resurgence in this town. I think COVID really brought a lot of people to our town and people said, hey, I can make a home out of this. So we're seeing the sort of reaction to all that, you know, people build what they what they get used to or what they need in town. And I feel like we're we're experiencing a little bit of a, a resurgence in a good way. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I'm really against 100 percent is that uh, FIMCO of. that Kittatinny uh, used to be Kittatinny. Um, that's in my backyard, so to speak. Uh, we don't need it here in town. I I just can't say enough about having that kind of an organization in town. that We don't have the infrastructure, number one, to take care of groups of that many people. In the summertime, yes, with the, the, the canoe liveries opened up, uh, they bring needed revenue to the town. They bring lots of fun people to the town. But in October, they're gone. And uh, we don't have a constable. We have a volunteer fire department, a volunteer ambulance corps. And if there's a major problem, we don't have the people to take care of it. Martha holds and wears many, many hats in this town. And I want to talk to you about it. I know you've been a member of the Lions Club for over 32 years. Uh, I know that you are heading up the American Legion bake sale where I grabbed a bunch of soup and cookies and all kinds of great treats. And then I won a basket of wine. So I have no complaints here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your public service and if you feel like you are one of like many people that just trade hats and uh, lead up organizations, because that, that's how I feel a little bit sometimes. Well, I started out when we were in the military. Um, I was uh, volunteered for a lot of different things because nobody would hire me because I had kids. There was job discrimination in those days. So I worked at the school. Uh, we started our own uh, parent-teacher organization and uh, I was actually nominated for Air Force Wife of the Year in the late uh, late 70s. And uh, not that I won anything, but my certificate will give me uh, a free cup of coffee somewhere along the line. <laughs> uh, but when we moved back home, uh, the first organization I joined was the Shahola Volunteer uh, Ladies Auxiliary. And uh, that dis that disbanded, but I also was a member of the Ulan Fire Department. For you folks at home, Shahola is just right across the Delaware River on the Pennsylvania side. So um, then I, I joined the Ulan Fire Department Ladies Auxiliary, and I've been president of the Ladies Auxiliary for probably 20-plus years. It's, uh, it's a nice organization, but most of us are in our late 60s, early 70s. Some of us are in our 80s. Um, so we don't meet that much, and thank goodness we haven't had any major fires that require us to go cook for the guys. Uh, and then I belong to the Lions Club. 31 or 32 years. Um, I became a member of the American Legion Ladies Auxiliary, and I was only able to start going to the meetings once I retired because they met on Wednesdays and I was a worker uh, at PECS. So those are, and I, I worked at church, and um, we're at St. Anne's over in Jehovah. And she's also like our unofficial Mrs. Claus. Uh, when I went to go pick up Martha, she has Christmas village after Christmas village all over her house. It's the most joyous, sweet thing that I've ever seen. And uh, she's got quite a collection. So and I think Bill, you said, started you off in the 90s? Yeah, yeah early 90s. He took me to uh, the Rockaway Mall and told me to pick out three buildings. And uh, I'm a crazy Santa Claus fan. So I picked out the North Pole Village. And it started out with three buildings. Now I have 89 
plus uh, a few lighthouses scattered around the house. That sounds yeah. dangerous, like like overdevelopment to me. <laughs> uh, well, I have I haven't bought a new building in years because I have no place to put them. Oh, uh, damn! That that was going to be your parting gift for uh, coming and doing the show. Today. I'm thinking about building a roller coaster behind my house. Oh. How do you think that would go over? Oh no, not at, not at all. We don't need roller coasters. <laughs> oh God, here well, we I go re- again. I re- I, no, Martha, I really applaud your activism and and you digging in on these issues. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of changes here, and um, you know we could use a bowling alley, a movie theater, and a roller rink, John. Uh, while you're busy starting your disco taco bar, have you considered a bowling alley, a roller rink, or a movie theater? Listen, I would be so excited if the Riviera came back. I mean, that seems like it was such a golden age of this town. Oh, it was fun. When we found, when we when we were building the Stick It In, and the floorboards was all movie posters from the, from the Riviera, so I, I actually ended up um, making some copies for the Good Accounts family, a, a Lacey Good Kunst gave them to her her relatives because I think her uncle used to own the the movie theater and right. then uh, Fred Reber's family owned Reber's right across the street and um, I, I it was told to me that like people would either come from from the city and come and do an early dinner and then go to the movies or once the movies let out they would go and it would just be a raucous party over there oh yeah yeah and and we also had Frank Steiner there right by the Riviera Theater so that was always. You left the theater, you could go over to Frank's and get the most delicious milkshakes in the whole wide world. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to bring that back. I feel like the golden age is upon us. We'll make you proud, Martha. (laughs) You just wait and see. All right. Well, you know what, John? We got uh, on the phone coming up is Amber is uh, waiting for us. We're going to take a quick break. Martha, so much for coming out today. You're You're very welcome. Come back after the frost and we'll have milkshakes. (laughs) All right. Do you want to stick around and talk to Amber a little bit with us? Oh, sure. I'll listen. I know you guys are friends, right? Oh, yeah. I've I've watched her when she was on General Hospital. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love it. She's going to love that one, too. All right. We'll be right back with soap star Amber Tamblyn and so much more. <laughs> Everything's better in Berryville. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. All right, and you're back. And our next guest is yet another Barryville legend. John, the kids just keep on coming. <laughs> star of screens, big and small. You might know her from General Hospital, where she starred as Emily Quartermain, or perhaps the film Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, maybe the TV series Why the Last Man, or you might have seen any of her books at your local bookshop, including fiction and books of poetry, lauded by no less than one of my heroes, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, which I guess makes her kind of a beatnik. Uh, and most recently, a book of essays she's edited, Listening in the Dark, 
Women reclaiming the power of intuition. Boy, it really is girl power on the radio today here in Barrett. I'm feeling it. I'm a riot girl. I know I know and, uh, Amber and, is too. And, <laughs> and, and, and the book features such marquee names as her former co-star America Ferreira, Emmy Poehler, and her mom, Bonnie Tamblin. But of course, there's no one more charming than the editor herself, our guest, author, actress, activist, poet, and citizen of Barryville. Let's hear it for Amber Tamblin. <laughs> What an intro, Mike. (laughs) Take a bow. It's what I did over over my summer vacation. (laughs) I'm I'm taking you on tour with me on book tour. I love it. Amber, I I have to tell you, I've been ferociously reading your book, and I keep rereading passages and rereading passages. And and one of my favorite essays, uh, aside from your glowing intro, is, is your mother's essay. Like, there's something so incredible about the way that woman communicates. I love her music. Um, what, what, what and who and how did you select the people who are in your book and, um, and what were the sort of qualifiers of, to, to the women who wrote the essays for listening in the dark? Um, yeah, well, thank you. I, I, you know, um, and by the way, my mom is, as you know, obsessed with Berryville and that she wants to live there. So she's trying, she's trying to manifest it with her intuition. She's doing a great job. uh, She can make it come true. (laughs) Yeah. She's charming all the locals. Um, for me, I really wanted to explore a book that talked about um, uh, our intuitive intelligence and that voice inside that tells us to do something or tells us not to do something that is sort of in control of the outcome of our life or our destiny that we sometimes ignore. And so um, for me, I knew I wanted it to be a diverse body of voices. I wanted young women. I wanted older women. I wanted women of color. I wanted trans women. I wanted cis women. I wanted everybody because I really wanted it to feel like a unified um, collection of stories about women's relationship to that voice inside their gut instinct. Um, And I loved editing my mom's essay, even though we of course got in fights all the time because I thought (laughs) I was right. She was like, Excuse me, who birthed you? Whose body did you come out of? <laughs> oh, the editor-author relationship taken to new highs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike, oh, yeah. Mike was just and telling she, me horror stories about that. <laughs> yeah, and by my, my mom, like part of my part, I think I would credit my mom almost in totality with my my communicative ability and my ability to get into conversations, you know, like this is because of her and her training as a facilitator and, um, you know, a teacher and everything she's done. So I, I just really wanted to find um, different kinds of women from different walks of life. I love it. And I, I think it's so impressive that you managed to get, you know, I would call Bonnie a, a part-time resident of Berryville, but also um, Meredith Tullison. I can't believe there's, there's three women of Berryville in, in, your, in your best-selling book. Yes, um, indeed. And Meredith, of course, is um, an incredible um, editor and journalist. Um, uh, she also happens to be trans. And she writes um, a lot about her experience sort of post-transition versus pre-transition and just the different kind of intuitive lens that she had um, after that experience. Uh, it, to me, it's one of the most profound essays in the book. Really, really beautiful about becoming yourself, about your identity and, and sort of how that informs you know, your, your, your gut instinct and the voice inside that you thought you knew. Yeah, I, I I can't say enough about the seamlessness uh, between essays. You know, like you really do feel while you're getting to know these different women through their voices, it's really incredible to just sort of like you feel that through line of that energy about women's intuition. And if you don't mind, I want to ask I want to ask Martha a quick question about women's intuition. Um, you know, Amber's brought up this amazing topic. You know, and I think I think we all have voices inside of us. But can you think of a time when you were guided by your intuition? 
Oh, yeah. The one that comes to mind was when our son Paul got sick. Uh, his wife called me and she said, I think Paul's having a stroke. So I says, well, get him up to the hospital. I'll meet you there. And uh, Paul had already had one brain surgery. So I was kind of sure uh, in my own mind of thinking that this was, you know, going to be another problem. So when we got to the hospital, I had to fight to get a doctor to even look at him, which was really kind of sad. Um, but the doctor came back and he said to Paul, he says, you have brain cancer. And immediately I went into a mama bear mode and I said, uh, I get him, getting him out of here. I'm going to take him down to Westchester because that's where his doctor was who did his brain surgery. And it was a good thing we did because Paul needed a second brain surgery. He did not have brain cancer. And he had just gotten full custody of his youngest son, and he was afraid that he was going to die. And, you know, there's nothing worse for a mother than to think that her son is not going to live to see his son grow up. Well, I, that's an amazing story of women's intuition. Amber, what what what, are, what would you say is one of your, you know, sort of highlights of your intuition? I know you've called births. I know you've sniffed out pregnancies on people before, um, you know, and, and the timing of this book couldn't be better. But t tell us a little bit about your intuition and your experiences. Martha, that was an incredible story and, and just such a powerful example of, um, you know, when something doesn't feel right. And sometimes we don't always have the answer for how to... Um, harness that and sometimes we can we sometimes we confuse our intuitive gut with anxiety right and like you second guess yourself which is you know comes from a long many many years and decades and generations of of conditioning to distrust ourselves especially as women so that's like that's a very powerful example of when you knew something wasn't right and you needed to go get a second opinion and you just went and did it yeah i just said to the uh one of the nurses up there i said I need an ambulance to take him to Westchester, and I'm not taking a no for an answer. And I said to my daughter-in-law, <clears throat> I said, we'll go in my car, and uh, you can drive, because I was, uh, I was so upset with this doctor who told Paul that he had cancer that I just could not bear to even think about anything else other than following the ambulance to the hospital. Powerful. Yep. And Amber, what, what, what's sort of a glowing uh, intuition that you've had or like any sort of life-defining moments? Ooh, well, I think, you know, for me, intuition has always sort of been there for me creatively as a writer and thinking about how to write what I'm feeling um, and, and put that out into the world. And I think for many, many years, especially as an actor, I wasn't really aware of how powerful that part of me was, even though I was still writing and a writer during all that other career stuff. But it was really like this gut check that kept happening and saying, you need to be writing more. This is, this is what's right for you. The acting thing is fine, but that's not all you are. And there was, a, there always felt like there was a bigger purpose that I was um, in need of reaching for. And so I would say that like my, my practice with my intuitive process, process and that voice inside was more long term. It wasn't one single experience. So Amber, I wanted to ask, bringing back to sort of uh, the premise of the show, of living in Barryville, the small town living, you're out on a book tour right now. You've been on uh, to your TV star. A lot of people here know you. But how was it when you came up here uh, making friends in a small town? And also, you're an astounding activist, as is Martha, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> And uh, how, how did you find, how was that all received? And how do you make friends in, in a small town, especially when, uh, you know, you're, you're on, on TV and on the big screen all the time? 
Well, you know, we, my husband and I have lived um, in the in the Berryville area for 16 years almost. Um, so we've been there a long time. We we love it. Some of the things that we love about it is that it it you know it 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 feels authentic. It feels real. It, there's there's good people there. There's good culture there. There's um, uh, it it I, we like that feeling. It doesn't feel sort of like a um, a vacation spot necessarily, or it doesn't feel like the Catskills, no offense to the Catskills, but they're just not as cool as us, um, you know, <laughs> over on the other side, over on the Hudson Valley side. Um, so we just love it. You know, for instance, we're going to do, um, I'm kind of excited. I'll tell you guys this now. We just confirmed it. We're going to do on the um, winter solstice, which is December 21st, we're going to do an event for the book down at the Berryville General. Um, so I'll be there signing books and we're going to kind of just have like a very, fun, witchy, women's intuition cocktail hour um, that I'm excited about. So, um, <laughs> you know, I gave John this little sound effects toy, and I swear to God, it's, it's like a cat with a little toy mouse. It's like being a sandbox. Is that the timer telling you to be quiet? No, it's, it, it, it was like bonus points for great ideas, <laughs> oh. and uh, we're excited to see you at the general. That sounds amazing. I like push the little springy sound. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. We want to remain <laughs> buoyant, obviously, at all times. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. This is my it. button. Wait, here's my button. Everything's better in Berryville. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, Amber, what's your next stop on the book tour? Um, well, my next stop is in D.C. Um, we're doing an event with um, Kuma Abedin and uh, Dr. Dara Cass, uh, both of which uh, write beautiful essays in the book about politics and about um, being an emergency medicine physician and sort of the gut check, what you have to, the kind of gut decisions you have to make in, in emergency life or death situations. Um, so I'll be in D.C. Um, talking to them and then I'm going to do this little thing in Berryville, which I'm so excited about because who doesn't want to talk about their life's work projects um, while also just like hanging out with your local friends and having a cocktail. I love it. We can't wait. I can't wait. Go go clean up the swamp in, in Washington. Would you, Amber, please? <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it, Mike. I, I'll be right I, back. I, I'm on and it. And I trust you like no one, no one else. Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, after I saw you on that round table on MSNBC, um, I... Have you ever considered politics? Is it something you would 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 even uh, entertain? You know what? Everyone everyone asked me this after I did the thing on The View this last time, which I've done The View many many times. But um, they've, I've been asked this a lot, and I it's doubtful, just because I know you know um, as a pollster, as someone who's who's sort of um, uh, helped a lot of campaigns, um, I know how dirty it can be on the inside and how unenjoyable it is. And I think if you're far more effective on the outside, you know, working sort of out in the field, as they say, um, and that's really where my joy comes from. I, I wouldn't want to be in a position where my whole family was getting scrutinized and lied about. And especially in these, in this day and age, um, it just feels safer to be sort of out there in the world. And as it, a citizen. And it gets rough in a small town. People can't imagine how, how rough small <laughs> town politics. I had no idea until I got here. Um, I was registered an independent. I know I'm sitting at a table with some Democrat, uh, Democratic Party activists. Um, uh, I was always registered independent because I don't like the 
corporate parties. I didn't want to be a member of a party that would have someone like me as a member. I only signed up because I wanted to support John Pizzolatto in his run for town supervisor in uh, the caucus. And he had to be a Democrat yeah. to join. And that's how Thank I, you, Mike. I, I got on board. But I like, Thank I, you, Amber. I, Thank I, you, Martha. I like the way Mar- <laughs> Martha really lit up when you said Huma. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, okay, you're a bunch of Democratic groupies. Like, another, yeah, another... I mean, I... <laughs> I, I felt that same way about John's run and, you know, and John, I feel like you're like the unofficial town mayor anyway, because you do so much for the community and Berryville is an exceptional, amazing place because of you. And I will literally argue anyone under the table over that fact. But the truth of the matter is, you know, with politics, it can get really messy and sometimes nepotism wins the day. And that's just where we're at. But the good thing is, is that, um, you know, we're a strong a powerful community that loves each other no matter what, and we have wonderful things to offer. And um, one of them is both Johnny and this cool podcast, which I can't wait to listen to. <laughs> and, and Amber, you are really one of the shining stars, as is Martha, in this town that makes it great. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Uh, we loved having you. We love you. We love your family. And uh, we'd love to have you back sometime. And have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Martha. You too. <laughs> All right, Amber. I'll see you at the Farmer's Market. I'll see you at the Barryville General for your book signing. They're perfect. See you there. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, Amber. Bye. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Uh, Thank you, Amber, and thank you, Martha. This has been going pretty good for a first show right out of the gate. I could not be more thrilled. I'm just beaming, literally. So (laughs) great, you guys. I love that you're doing this. (laughs) They're they're like laser beams coming out of Johnny's head right now. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with the news. All right, and we're back. Everything is better in Barryville Broadcasting Live. And right now, it's time for the news with your host, Johnny Pizzolatto. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the news live from Barryville. <laughs> you sound so legit with that music. You legitimized me with this music. I really love it. Thank you very much. It's the most legitimate thing about this show. All right. <laughs> December 3rd is the annual tree lighting in Barryville. It's the third annual drive-up tree lighting where you can stay in your car with your family and listen to it across the street and take in the sights and sounds over the radio on WJFF. Or you can crowd around the tree and be merry with your friends and neighbors. Hosted by Aaron West and friends. I think we're going to have an appearance from our own Mike Rocket Train Edison. Lots of wonderful holiday characters. Hot cocoa, cookies, merriment and uh it's all made possible with the help of dare oscar tree service pam and steve once again are going to be lifting aaron west up that 30 foot spruce to light the top of the tree and bring joy to kick off the holiday season i can dig it last year i came out it was kind of my star turn last year here locally doing the grinch it was it was all right i uh i got a big pop out of it i think it put me over with the with the the local citizens are as it as such as it is. Don't cut your chickens, buddy. <laughs> well, this year I'm coming back with the Grinch, um, but I need some help because I need to rewrite some of the gags, and I'm having a hard time rhyming anything with Barryville General. It's a lot easier to rhyme "stick it in" or "back to bakers." So if anybody can help me, uh, email us betterinbarryville uh, at gmail.com. So and, and that stands for anything you hear today on the show, any comments. Whatever you want to do, assault us, compliment us, no, give no, us ideas no. and writing words, <laughs> no. send us photographs, whatever you're into, betterinberryville at gmail.com, or you can visit us on the web at berryvilleradio.com. Check us out. All right, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. All right, John, what do you got next? Uh, speaking of high times, 
What are we speaking of, Vitangams? Uh, we're just reciting your bio to the world out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah like Sex, it's... drugs, and rock and roll, yeah, guy. Yeah, like I said, that's not a bio, dude. That's a crime scene. <laughs> your bio is a crime scene. Uh, Narrowsburg, or rather the town of Tustin, uh, just voted no on the referendum that was passed by the town board, which uh, forbade dispensaries and on-site consumption services of marijuana. But I believe that this means that... They are allowed now because the voters have spoken and they would like to see those things in their town. But I do think that it was purposely confusing <laughs> it's so because they confusing. know the audience is going to come out and vote either it, way. It's so confusing because the town board voted no. no, but to vote yes, you had to vote no again. So I think it's a conspiracy to confuse donors. But it passed. So, so there will be on-site retail and smoking in Narrowsburg, which is a hamlet in the, in the town of Tustin. And, you know, Barryville also opted in for retail. The town of Highland, yes. The town of Highland uh, for retail, but not on-site consumption. And you'd be surprised. I know I'm the High Times guy, but I'm kind of conservative about this. I, I don't think the money is as good as you're going to think it is. I think it's going to create problems that you can't imagine. And uh, we'll talk about this in a future show. I know everybody thinks I'm the High Times guy and I'll be all gung Wow, Mike. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, I know everybody thinks this is going to be like a big, you know, a green rush towards having some hip boutique-y uh, cannabis store. Well, let Port Jervis be our guide. I mean, oh, that God. store, I walked into that place I, just out of curiosity to be a good neighbor. I wasn't intending to buy anything. My friend Steph and I were antiquing and, you know, just shopping around Port Jervis and, um, and uh, we just wanted to find out who the people were and congratulate them on their new business. And they knew nothing about their products, and it felt dangerous. Well, that's that's the that's the wrong side of the coin. I, I, I went in there to buy something, frankly. Uh, and no, they're not knowledgeable. It's not that cool, hippie chic experience. It's like not a curated. California or a Massachusetts thing where you feel like you're in an Apple store. Oh my God! I was in a place in Toronto, and you know, a young woman in a lab coat and an iPad was my personal shopper. And it was a fantastic. I experience. think they're called bud tenders. This was not it. Anyway, the man gonna... in Orange County was definitely not a bud tender. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, but we're going to talk about cannabis on a future show, and I'm with pro- experts, including Mike Edison, who is an expert, <laughs> former editor of High Times, uh, one of our wonderful lawyer friends and, and dear dear friends up here, um, Dave Holland, who was the attorney for Normal. We're going to try to get him on the show. High Times veteran as well, and I'm bringing Barryville's most stone citizen. That's an expert. You can and trust. I actually want to hear you guys. Uh, I want to. I want to hear you guys tell us who you think the most stone citizen is. So again, email us at betterandberryville at gmail.com. Nominate your favorite stoner in this town. <laughs> and by the way, what the hell do I need a cannabis dispensary for anyway? I haven't had problems scoring pot since 1978 when I went to see Jethro Tull, and even then, someone came through at the last minute with a little Acapulco gold. Uh, All right, what else you got? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. It's getting dangerous over here. Oh, I, oh sorry. It is deer hunting season. Uh, I also wanted to point out that the, the former president, Donald Trump, is now back on Twitter. Wow, crickets. Well, I just, I, it was just a piece of news that passed my desk. He's back on Twitter. And I, frankly, would rather see him on Barryville and Uncensored. I think a Barryville and Uncensored is a much 
happier place for the former president. I think he'd get a lot of love. I think I agree. I think Barryville Uncensored is the perfect forum. And for those of you out there, Barryville Uncensored is sort of uh, the yin to the yang or the yang to the yin of our other page. Uh, local Facebook page. And I know all small towns have these Facebook pages, bulletin boards and whatnot, living in Barrowville, which is where you want to go if you need a cord of wood or a recommendation for a plumber or to see the menu at Baker's that day. And, um, but maybe- if you want to have it out with your neighbors and see how they really feel about everything, visit Barrowville Uncensored. Or it's, gonna, uh, I, I can't wait to see us get flamed. It's raging. All right. And that's the news. All right. That's we'll, it. We'll be back with Basic, Basic Bitches. Bitches. Yowza! Ow! Everything's better in Berryville. Well, all right. Thank you very much, everybody. Wow, what a first show we've had. And I want to add on a personal note, I'm so happy to be back on the Heritage Radio Network. I really feel like I'm coming home. So much love to all our old fans and all the new ones, too. But right now, right here, right now, right everything, live in Berryville, delivering some seasons, beatings, getting right into it. Our friends and neighbors, Basic bitches with I hope your holidays are fine. Let's go!
show an embarrassment of riches wow one down a million to go but wait we're not done yet i'm i'm not kidding this is a cornucopia of all that is wonderful about tis the season oh my god well we had superstar martha wurzel we had super duper star amber tamlin uh i can't believe i got to hang out with you johnny um i can't believe the the basic bitches played such a rad holiday number for us i'm all a flutter but before we go before we go, we got one more thing. We kind of teased our new theme song, Everybody's Talking, a good cowboy song. And uh, I want to play your dance mix and, and go out like on, on, a, on, a, on a nice 80s groovy uh, kind of note. You promised me disco and you gave me 80s dance music, but let's let the people judge. All right. Well, uh, here you go. Let me know what you think. All right. We'll see you guys next Thanks week. Thanks for listening. We love you. All right. Can you dig it? Everything's better in Berryville.
This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.